So you have to go step by step and gently yeah. massage the way we are thinking into their day-to-day -day work. And then it becomes obvious. And that's why I also, if I work longer with people, they say, oh, but now the quarter has fallen, right? <laughs> <laughs> A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Welcome to a new edition of our podcast. And uh, today we have with us Ingrid Rip. And my name is Rolf Frissen. And I'm happy to have Ingrid with us today. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, Rolf. It's good to see you. Yeah, are you excited to to be on this podcast? Uh, very excited. Yeah, it's a new experience for me to be in it. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, we uh, we love love to have you. And as a preparation of this podcast, I browsed a little bit through your LinkedIn, and I, I know I know we know each other a long time already. But it's always interesting what you find on the World Wide Web, right? So what I did is actually I browsed through it to in order to introduce you in the right way. I know you, Ingrid, as a long-term MPI member. Actually, that's where we're, where we met, and you are not only a long-term MPI member but also an active member. And you, you served on the Netherlands board for a few times. You're an independent business owner. You're a consultant. You're a coach. And I, I saw on your LinkedIn is that you coach interpreters. And so that these, these, these things really amaze me. I didn't know that. And, and we know, know each other for a long time. But also what you are is the director, associations of Event Design Collective in the Netherlands. So we are colleagues. Yep. And we would we would just introduce you as one of the creative minds of, of Event Design Collective and one of the torch torch barriers in the Netherlands. And you, you are bringing the program to, uh, to different associations and individuals in the Netherlands as a consultant and as a trainer. Is that a right way of introducing you, Ingrid? Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's on my LinkedIn and I learned you, you have to be honest on LinkedIn. Yes, it is who <laughs> I am. And I think that the variety in what I do and have done in my career is exactly, well, who I am. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bored easily. So to be part now of the Event Design Collective really keeps on sparking my creativity and and ideas about doing things in a different way. So it uh, actually changed my behavior <laughs> to become yeah. a part of you guys. Yeah, yeah nice. And, and that's, that's the professional side. You're also a mother and, oh, yeah. and a wife and you have, a, you have a family. You live in, in the eastern part of the Netherlands, right? Yeah, close to the German border. Absolutely. I, I changed 
the city life to mere, more rural areas in the Netherlands with lots of woods and places to ride my bike, ride my horse, ride my, uh, my cycle, my, my motorcycle. So uh, it's a lot easier here than in the West. Yeah, for sure. That is, uh, that is very, very cool to hear. And also, you amazed me this summer by posting some posts on Facebook on your summer holiday, where you actually rode your bike from the Netherlands to Switzerland and a, and a piece, piece of that back to the Netherlands again, right? So that was yeah. a huge drive. And for people who are listening this po- to this podcast, I think how many kilometers are, were, were there? 1.6, so exactly 1,000 miles. 1,000 miles, yeah. yeah. In how many, how many days? 20 days. 20 days, right? Tip my hat to that, right? So that's that's a really uh, big accomplishment. Okay, we are ready to start this podcast. And for people who listen to these these podcasts in this series of podcasts, we always start with a a few questions which are the same to everyone. Okay. And the first question, Ingrid, is, and that's the, just after the cover of our new book, when you flip the book open, it says, a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. And the question now is, would you leave it, would you leave a conversation to chance? For sure not. No, definitely not. Um, it's, it's so important to, to make people aware of what change can do. And the funny, the funny thing is that when you start talking about change or whether it's in our case change of behavior or change in in strategy or whatever people have the tendency to go no not for me change you know our brain is is programmed in such a way that people don't like it it's scary they don't know what's going to happen and so they it's very important that you make people uh, aware of this tendency in your brain and say, listen, you know, I'm not going to change anything. Just listen out, you know, and uh, start asking questions. That's what, at least the way I do it. And normally it, it brings a, a smile to people's faces if you explain the way the brain works and they realize, oh, yeah, that just happened to me. She's talking about change and I, oh, back you know move backwards yeah so it's natural to do that it's a natural it human behavior it is and and to be quite honest i would lie if it's the same with me first you you start making up excuses uh, why something shouldn't change but if you are not but but is a horrible word if you take a little bit more time to think it over and to reconsider i quite often get curious you know and like oh what could happen if i do that or you know and in the case of, of my work be curious about the challenges that your 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 client has or or the person who wants to organize an event yeah yeah your your story sparks sparks something with me where on the on the back cover of our book we actually have a quote of the president of the international olympic committee Dr. Thomas Bach, and he says, you want to be the leader of change and not the object of change, right? So, and people in, in, at the first, first time they hear about change, they think they are the object of change, right? So that is, that is what, what happens. So start changing and keep on changing 
and keep ready to be to re- keep keep ready for change. I think that is also one of the messages you are sending, right? So it's it's something it's fact of life. Yeah, let, let's be honest. I mean, the world is changing continuously, with or without a pandemic. It's you know, there is never a, a moment that everything is just as it is and stays as it is. As it is. It's continu- continuously changing, and if you don't change with it or try to make adaptions to the way you function or um, lead the, change, uh, absolutely. It in the end you make yourself redundant, right? Absolutely. Thank you, Ingrid. So let's continue to our next question. And the question is, what is currently on your horizon of change? <laughs> what, what is not, I should ask. Um, lots, I, would, I want to, you know, change the way people um, work on events, design events, obviously, in the Netherlands, make them more aware uh, what huge potential they have when they design for a, 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 a how do you say that, um, bewust? Um, Being conscious? A conscious, consciously designed event. You know, it's so important that people feel that they've got so much more power than they are actually using at the moment. And um, to give you an example, I had a meeting yesterday with a, a manager of an event organizing bureau within a, a Dutch university. And he came from uh, the, the, a corporate side of, of uh, the business. And we immediately you know, sparked a, a good conversation because he understood what I meant. But there are so many people that don't see um, the true meaning of a good event. It is a strategic tool. It is an important communication tool and it should be designed as such and not just because we did it last 10 years or we have done it like 20 years like this and we're going to move on like this because it works. I don't believe in that. So that's that's my biggest challenge, my biggest dream as well to to have people feel that this um, look different way of looking at events is um, really valuable. Yeah. Hmm. Is that an answer? That's, that's, that's <laughs> a very nice answer. So your horizon of change. There's also some some personal um, personal things on your horizon of change. Something you would like to um, address sooner or later. Uh, well, um, yeah, a, a well kept garden maybe. <laughs> Because now this year it's been exploded with warmth and lots of water and it didn't do the maintenance as I should. So <laughs> that's that's definitely a horizons of change when the, we have the new spring long time from now. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a, <laughs> I can easily relate to that. Um, Ingrid, we came to the, to the, to the place in our podcast, to the moment in our podcast, where we actually are looking at all the different chapters in our book, Designed to Change. Mm-hmm. And we have an option, right? So we can you can either choose one of your favorite chapters, and we talk about a little bit more about that, or you could say like, no rule, let the wheel decide. And I spin the wheel here on my screen, 
and then we'll we'll decide what chapter we will talk about further. Oh my dear, this is a difficult question. This is definitely something. This is a how do you say that a difficulty in making decisions. Another human psychological exactly. I would like to talk about the perspective, the the you know the different perspectives and how that influences. Okay. And, and uh, if if that's okay with you, that's it's absolutely okay. So that was the the intent of the question to let you yeah. choose what you want to um, talk about. Okay. So for people who listen to our podcast and maybe have our book already, mm -hmm. after each chapter, there's a worksheet. And in those worksheets, we try to uh, make you apply what you learned in the previous chapter, right? So that's, these are some, some questions you can ponder about. And we also would like to like you to, to write in this book mm -hmm. and order and structure your thoughts. And also there is, for people who don't know that, there is an AR layer in that book. So there's an app and you can, you can easily download. And if you then uh, use your app on your smartphone and you use that, you hoover over a certain page, there is more to that. For every picture in this book, every image, beautifully drawn by Dennis Leier, there is a story to that and there's a little video. But also the, the worksheets actually give you also a digital worksheet where you can enter these questions at a later time again, right? So you could become more and more proficient in answering these kind of questions. So looking at perspectives, maybe let me ask the question, question before. What is the thing you, from the book, you remember most about perspectives? I remember when you guys provided us with the first draft of the book and and you know later on about creating the quote that this was my major learning point um that being able to change perspectives from you know like we also do in the methodology right you have to step really into to somebody else's shoes to to be able to feel his necessity or her dream or whatever and that um that stuck to me so much because when you my my biggest learning point there was that i always talked to my my clients as you know them um, and from their point of view, um, but I was addressing stuff from my point of view, and that made such an incredible impact in the way I do my conversations now with people, being able to change perspective and get into the shoes of them rather than looking at the you know, the, the, the picture from my side of the, of the, of the table. And uh, that really stood out to me as the most important change. Cool. And obviously we do that in designing, but to do that from the start, when you start talking about what the clients want, you know, on the long haul wants to create what he or she is dreaming about on the long run, it makes the conversations very, 
very much easier and more valuable, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's so true. So one of the things which, uh, which when writing this book together with Ruth Janssen and Dennis Leyer, we actually had conversation about like perspectives and what is that exactly? And uh, we had to come down to two questions to ask. We start every chapter with questions to ask. And um, one of the things which, which is still in my mind, one of the biggest things I see in front of me is that I had for a long time in my life, and sometimes I still have that, the question, why don't others see it like I do? And that's maybe the, the most easy step to take is that you just acknowledge that everybody sees it in a different way. Everybody has a unique way of, of looking at stuff. Yeah. And that is what, what, what happened to me in a management development program I did in 2007, I believe. And then people taught me the trick of that, that six and that nine, you could draw on a piece of paper and sitting opposite, opposite of each other, asking each other, what do you see, right? One person sees a six and one person sees a nine. Yeah. And then you turn around the, 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 the page, that's an easy one, uh, and then you see something different. Or you could invite someone on your end of the table and say, hey, come, come and have a look, this is what I see, right? So, and that's all about perspectives. Okay, but now it's the question to you, Ingrid. The question is, what recent conversations did you have that you left to chance, that you wish you could redo? Oh, good Lord, that's a difficult question though. Um, I saw it in the book, I didn't fill it in, otherwise I could look it up what I wrote down. Um, which one would I like to redo? That That is actually a difficult question because like when we were just chit-chatting before this uh, recording, before this podcast, um, you know, you always have these conversations and then in the end you think, shoot, I should have said this or that, or, you know, it always comes, your, my brain is working more slowly than giving let me, let me Let me give you a few seconds, Ingrid, to, yeah. to, to just think, and I'll play a little nice jingle in between. If you're enjoying this conversation, check out the book and full multimedia experience by purchasing your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Visit designtochange.online to order your copy and start interacting with more thought-provoking content like this. Conversations. And now you expect me to have <laughs> an immediate answer. The magic happened. Now, like I said, I've had many conversations in the past months and um, there's, there's one in particular that I would like to redo and maybe um, that is also because this was a telephone conversation. And I think I went too fast in that telephone conversation. I should have um, kept some, how do you say that, some cliffhangers there, and then make an appointment and talk face to face to somebody. Because it's sometimes that the, the, the Content that we're discussing is, for me, not the easiest content to talk about on the phone. You know, it, it's nice to be able to um, 
to draw something to show somebody what I mean. And, um, you know, as part of the design, event design collective, I've, I've done the trainings and such. Now on our squiggle, our brown paper drawing, that is so much easier to convey to somebody on paper, sitting face to face, than being on a telephone call. So that's for sure um, a conversation I would have liked to do differently. So you have more um, immediate feedback as well. Yeah. And people start drawing in your drawing um, because they can relate to some parts of it, but not all. And it becomes the, the difficulty or the problem, the, the challenge becomes so much more clear then. Yeah, nice one. That, that's something I can definitely relate to. And also the power of being in person sure. and the, maybe the power of drawing um, yeah. and, or, or using images. Absolutely. And that, that's something I learned from Dennis, the co-author of this book. And before we met Dennis, Ruud and I were already like drawing things and tried to visualize stuff. And then we, we came by Dennis and he is a, a, a true magician. He's, a, he's actually an engineer, but then he's a very, he can perfectly make complex problems very visual, visual right? So yeah. that everybody understands them. True. One of the things what he teached me is one thing, and that's drawing has a double meaning. So he says, when I'm drawing, I draw somebody else into the picture. What you cannot do on a phone conversation, what you could do on a Zoom conversation. Yeah, true. But what, is, yeah. what works best in a face-to-face -face conversation, when you put paper on the table and you just start drawing and people start reacting and interacting with you, that is what you want to do, right? So yeah. going back to, yeah, finding the right channel, finding the right medium to have that conversation. That is even before what we, what we actually do in this book is looking at, are we, are we on the same page here, right? And I think that is, that is crucial to have that first conversation. Well, exactly. And, and you know, the thing is, I'm so um, over, I'm so convinced of the power of the methodology and, and of good event design and the value of events that you tend to go a little bit too fast for people. And I, I did another training the other day on behavior change and, and behavioral psychology. And I learned there that, you know, people can never, you cannot expect that people will change from one moment to the other. Not if they have done trainings, not if they've done the, um, the, the you know, in a consultancy, a design session, whatever. It's impossible for them to immediately grasp every aspect of the methodology. So you have to go step by step and gently yeah. massage the way we are thinking into their day-to-day -day work and then it becomes obvious. And that's why I also, if I work longer with people, they say, oh, but now the quarter has fallen, right? <laughs> now I understand what you meant. So it needs time. And I'm probably a little bit too, well, you can call it enthusiasm or maybe I'm just being impatient. Yeah. And I think 
That is that is so good that you that you talk about this. Yeah, and that's something we all we all have we all have learning objectives. We all have things to to improve on ourselves. And I think it, knowing it is it makes us uh, halfway to the solution. So I think that is what we are trying to do. Yeah. The next question, Ingrid, is and it's I think that's a that's a really difficult one. But let's see how you approach this one. How would you address risk and reward with your event owner in your next conversation? Can you repeat the question one more time? Yes, of course. Um, How would you address risk and reward with your next, with your event owner in your next conversation? Hmm. Well, for me, the reward is, is the, the, the possible outcome he's seeking for, right? Yeah, and, and I think I think Paul Rilkens is is, uh, is talking about that in in his executive perspective of this chapter, and uh, he is talking about how to how you, how are you going to manage the biggest risk of the event, yeah, right, and and yeah. how you how, how do you bring reward? So that's that's yeah. the idea. This this part I, I I think the only way to get this on the table is to ask for it and ask them what they are, what they feel is, is their risk, right? And, and ask why, the why question and stuff like that. And so you're, you have to be, in my, in my humble opinion, you have to be really curious about the, the problems and the challenges that your stakeholders in this, this regard, you know, the meeting owner is facing. And if he is, scared of if he feels something is not right he will not change he will not make the decision to go forward so you have to take away that 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 constraint and you can only do that if you know what it is exactly so you have to ask questions yeah many many questions i I think that that's that's absolutely absolutely right so Paul, paul is addressing like okay how can you help me to achieve um my strategic goals as an event owner yeah. And, and of course, on the other side, like, how can you uh, manage the risk uh, of the event? And I think the only way you can find out is by asking questions yeah. to this person and, and also the, the question behind the question. Um, no, exactly. Address, because addressing... there's, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, and it's also, is it a, a true risk or is it a perception of mm-hmm. risk, right? And sometimes, especially if, Events is not your core business, and and quite a lot of event owners, it's not their core business. They see challenges that they think that cannot be handled, whereas we, the event professional, in in our case, the event designer, know there is methods to to tackle that challenge. So you have to know what 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 you're dealing with. Thank you. So, uh, Ingrid, last ca- last question in this in this chapter is: mm-hmm. What question would you ask to see it like they do? Right. We talked about the six and the nine and uh, inviting someone over. Mm-hmm. Um, what question would you you ask to uh, see it like they do? That's I immediately see all kinds of stuff happening it, it depends a little bit on the people the person you're talking to but i have certain clients that i can actually ask okay in this case ramon um 
can I sit at your side of the table? You know, and he probably looks at me like, huh? He, he's a scientist. But when I would explain, if, if you know, try to, to walk me through your, your, you know, job to be done or whatever, or your, your anxieties uh, with this event, um, and, and make me feel what you feel so I can relate to it. And it, it's, it's a funny way of doing it, obviously, um, because people are like, what, what do you want to do at my side of the, you know, of my, of my desk? But if you explain what you mean, um, again, people have to smile and they understand why you ask it because I, I'm not this person. So he has to talk me through his, his, his challenges. Again, it's, it's about having a communication, having a conversation um, about, in this case, um, his perspective. Why is it that he is wanted to change something or why is it that he wants to achieve something or, you know, why does he even organize this event or this conference or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Thanks, Ingrid. That's a, You're very welcome. A very, very nice conversation, uh, and very nice way of way of helping us to to get through those worksheets. So uh, people who listen to this podcast might have bought a book, either in hard copy, either in PDF, either in an audiobook version. And yeah, for for all of all of the listeners, there is worksheets available on the website uh, designed to change online, where you can actually fill in those those questions like and answer those questions like Ingrid just answered them and what also what, what we would like to do is to invite you Ingrid to do this after this podcast again this and, and fill in this worksheet and see what the differences are when you respond to that maybe two to two to three days later mm -hmm. I think that is helping you to become better and better at, at answering these kind of questions and get that into the, yeah, as we know, right? So riding a bike, your first ride is not, not, not your best one, probably, no. hopefully. And, and that's the same with these, these kind of questions. They seem tough in the beginning. And when you go over them and over them, that's, that's becoming, you eat these, uh, these questions for breakfast. <laughs> so that's, that's the part of our, the, the, we would like to wrap up this onstage part of the podcast. And we would uh, welcome you to be part of our backstage format. Ingrid, I would like to thank you. And anything we, we, are, we forgot, anything you would like to add, anything you said like, oh, now I remembered what I wanted to, want to no, tell you no. earlier. No, it didn't no, work. <laughs> no, and it then, didn't work. I said, I think what I wanted to say, I'm just very uh, honored and happy to be on this podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you and see each other backstage. See you. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.